Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. Guys, I have someone I want you to meet. I am really, really excited to introduce you to a good friend of mine, um, someone who I absolutely adore um, and who inspires me, and, you know, his work is has impact, impacted you, whether you know it or not. So let's get into it. Welcome to the show, Cameron Jones. Sarah, what a pleasure. I'm glad to be here. So I have to tell everybody before we get too into it how I met you, um, and I'll never forget it. It was <laughs> one of those magical little moments in life. Um, so I actually met you at the very first book signing I had ever done. And mind you, when I wrote How Self Leave Receive, the thing that kept me going through all the hard times was this vision of a moment when I would be signing my books, not just myself, but people from the book, because the book has a lot of stories of real people, like my dream or my vision was to have them there uh, with me, reading part of their stories and just having it be just kind of like magical moment. So fast forward to the night before the book is uh, released, we're doing a signing, um, and you know I have probably about half the people from the book are there, and, and we're talking. And this beautiful aura man walks up to me, the <laughs> kindest aura, I swear to God. Um, and he walks up to me and you're like, girl, something's happening in this room. <laughs> um, and you handed me your card and I have your, that business card you gave me, I still carry it in my wallet. I know it's, you know, we're going to talk about the exciting things that has changed. You are the only business card I carry in my wallet, I swear to God. You handed it to me. Like, I have some Good Morning America, ABC News. And I was like, the process. <laughs> and, um, I, I'm so grateful far beyond that that we've become friends since then. And thanks to you, I was actually on ABC News. We did a live stream uh, in New York and all kinds of good stuff. So I just want to start off with that. You've impacted my life and helped uh, one of my biggest dreams come true. And, and you did it in such a beautiful way. So Thank you. It, it, it's definitely welcomed and a full circle moment. I actually just pulled the uh, Hustle, Believe, Receive off my shelf just now, and I want to read your message. It was in January oh. of 2015, and you said, Cameron, wow, I'm at a loss of words right now, and just for giving me the biggest pinch me moment ever, Sarah Centrella. Like, I remember um, so it was it was definitely a, a moment that night and i had um just heard of it like maybe a day before through our, our mutual friend lanel williams shout out to lanel yeah, exactly. and he's like oh you have to come it's this really phenomenal woman i'm like oh tell me more about it and he's like oh you, you got to see for yourself and so when I came, I was just like, like I can't explain this one. <laughs> yeah, I was just blown away by what you did with just Hustle Receive at that time and compiling so many stories together and really being vulnerable enough to, you know, start by sharing your own. And I thought that that was so incredible and that you didn't think of it as an isolated journey. You, you knew that what Absolutely. you were going through, yeah. others were also going through. So you said, you know, why not, you know, share these and put it together and, you know, help change some other lives. So I was like, this is phenomenal. I had to help support this in any um, way that I could. So magical. It was such a magical night. And it was actually the first time I had ever read part of my story ever out loud, ever, 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 ever. It was an emotional uh, time. And, um, you know, there was something really magical and beautiful happening. And I think from day one, I've always felt like this is this has never been a solo journey. You know, it's been everyone who's ever faced an obstacle and had a dream and wanted to start from nothing. And um, that's always been so important to me. So to, you know, to see you, you know, um, from, from ABC, from Good Morning, all your years at Good Morning America, and um, to see that kind of magic was, I don't know how else to say it, it was validating in a way. You know what I mean? Because there's, 
there's a lot of non-validation you get when you're you're pursuing your dream, but it was it was magical. So tell us, tell everybody um, a little bit about your backstory. So you've spent a long time in, in television production. Um, you know, as I said, with Good Morning America, many years, and uh, ABC, you've worked with Disney, and you name it. Um, you know, you've you've really achieved amazing, amazing things. Tell us kind of where all that started. Take us back to, yes. to before um, all the shiny stuff. But yeah, that's a good, good, good question. I um, I would say it started from the time that I was growing up with uh, my great grandmother, and um, she couldn't read and she couldn't write, and I was the second oldest at the time, and it was just me and my older brother. I'm uh, second old, oldest of, of five, but at the time it was just me and him, and he was in school, but I was not old enough to go to school yet, so I would stay at home with my great grandmother while my mom worked and my dad worked. And, you know, we watched a lot of television. We watched a lot of soap operas. We watched a lot of Oprah. <laughs> we watched a lot of news and, you know, Barbara Walters specials and things like that. And so it just immediately, you know, captivated me. And I just had this, you know, interest and passion just to, like, be in television or to work in television or work in media. I initially thought I was going to be like a beat reporter, like a news reporter, like on the scene and in the field. But as I grew up, I realized like, I don't think that that's necessarily what I want to do day daily, but I like the interaction and I like the ability to connect to an audience. And so by the time I got to, you know, high school and college, it was even more of an interest for me to know that, Hey, this is what I wanted to do. And so I started um, studying in journalism at the time. So, you know, we have like, Instagram and social media and Facebook and all of these things today. But when I started my process years ago, and you would know this as well, there wasn't a, a right. thing as a Facebook or a YouTube, yeah. like to th right. You know, like you think of like really outstanding career paths that you can have like digital media person or social media, this, or that wasn't even a thing that I could have dreamed no. at that point, you know? And so I just really morphed with the times as I went through college, you know, the industry was changing a lot and people weren't sure where it was going and how this whole social media thing would eventually impact it, um, which was not predicted, but it took off. And so I took off with it. Um, and I just really molded myself to learning and being adaptable as much as possible. By the time I graduated college, um, having worked in local news, I ended up back in New York and I was working at the, um, the flagship Good Day New York um, show, uh, which is another morning show, but locally, but in most cities, major cities, you'll find a Good Day Los Angeles, a Good Day Washington, et cetera. And so I, I worked there and then that eventually translated to me getting to Good Morning America. So most people would think, oh, you really love morning television. And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't not like it, but it's just how the cards aligned. <laughs> Yeah. going from Good Day New York to Good Morning America. And so the rest was history. I just, you know, always kept, you know, doing my part and just getting as much skills and, you know, learning as much as I can and really putting myself out there, taking risks, you know, pitching stories and um, just really diving in and not being afraid to elevate myself or to, you know, aim higher than what I ever thought I could. Yeah, and I love that so much. And, and it shows in in your background, right? I mean, you not only were on the production side um, at Good Morning America, but you've also had, you know, your own show, your own um, interview um, Sarah, platform, I guess is the way to say it, right? Th you know, that is, that is true. That oh, is yeah. true. I, I don't, I often don't speak enough about that because it's, you know, it's, it's shiny, right? And I think people get confused by shiny things. Um, when you actually work hard to get in these spaces, and you, you know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. they see the end result. They see you talking to Sherry Salata. They see you publishing a book. They see you doing a hit on a show, and that's like the finished product of however many number of pitches you might have made and yeah. how many years that you spent on the phone waiting for people to call you back or to et cetera. So I actually just started wanting to just be seen differently. You know, I had mm -hmm. worked really hard. I had climbed, you know, a ladder successfully, but, you know, I felt like I wasn't being seen differently. I felt I was only seen to doing certain things. I'm like, I could do anything I want. Just like, let me show you. And so I started to uh, pitch story ideas 
And I had like a, a Barack Obama uh, experience. He talked about it a lot in his um, book, The Audacity of Hope, where he saw himself being uh, as a community organizer and he had higher aspirations. And he didn't necessarily know that it would necessarily be the president of the United States, but he knew he wanted to impact his community and service at a high level. And so he just started to speak to anybody who would listen and he would share what his dreams were, what his goals were. And he, you know, he got feedback and he got people to support him. And along the way he was able to elevate and rise. So I had the same, you know, audacity of hope to think that I could mm-hmm. continue just to say, Hey, I think this is a good, good idea. What do you think? And then when I go to the next person, I say, Hey, you know, I was talking to Sarah about this. She thought it was a good idea too. Mm-hmm. What do you think? And then before yeah. you know it, you have about 10 people behind you and they're like, Cameron, you could do it. You can do it. And that's sort of how that whole, you know, digital series of mine sort of kicked off. And because you do one and then other people see it and they're like, Hey, we want some of this. And so it really, it took off. Um, more than what I could have ever expected or anticipated, just from the sense of, you know, it's not like you hold up a sign and say, I interview celebrities, sign up here. (laughs) Right, 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 exactly. But, I mean, listen, if you hadn't done that, you know, would we even be having this conversation? Because the the amazing thing was you wound up interviewing me for for ABC and being there for, um, you know, the, the book events that we did at Barnes & Noble a month or two later. And that was through you pitching the stories and, and all of that. that. So what a beautiful thing that true. is. That's you know? like, true. That is very true. We never know where connections take us. That's very true. And we had not at that time um, when we launched that, we did not ever do something like that before. That was like one of the first times we ever went live from a bookstore, wow, from a book great. event with a panel doing a whole discussion, like a whole, like we had not done that before. So it was like, it was a great, you know, experience on both sides to be able to see it from a producing standpoint and then to also be there and just to see it come together. So yeah, that was incredible. I'm looking at a picture of you and I, uh, that's a screenshot on the Good Morning America website of you and I hugging as we're having this conversation. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love that picture. Yeah, a moment for me. So let's let's talk a little bit about the journey to get um, to these big dreams because I know it couldn't have been easy, especially you know when you were coming up, like me, we're we're like ten years ahead of what that that big social demographic yep, exactly. doing stuff. You know what I mean? So like when we were coming up, you still had to go traditional routes. So for you, if you want to be in TV, you have to go traditional routes. And there's, you know, not millions of people can do that. It's, it's a small lane to get in type thing. Um, mm-hmm. What were some of the obstacles that you faced as you started your career in television? And did you ever get to a place where you were, like, doubting if you were going to make it? You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm thankful so much for people who stood in the gap for me. I remember I was about 22, 23 at the time. And um, there was a a boss that I had and she um, pulled me aside one day because I guess she must've saw me being down, but like, you know, for what I can tell, I didn't think I was, you know, omitting Mm -hmm. that energy. Right. And so she was like, something's not right with you. You're normally very warm and you know, your energy is really up. She goes, what's going on? Talk to me. What's up? And so I just, I was very frank with her. I said, you know, uh, full disclosure, I mean, I love working here, but like, it's not my passion. I'm trying to, you know, break into the business a little more to, you know, get my feet in the door and it's just not working. And so she said, well, I have some advice for you. And I said, well, what is that? She goes, I don't think you need to do anything more than what you've been doing. And I said, what? That's not helpful. And so she's like, <laughs> actually, she's like, actually, it is when you think about it. And I said, well, help me think about it. So she said that um, you have the resume, you have the personality, you have the skill set, you have everything you need to get ahead. You have the education. She says you just need the, the opportunity. And so she said to me, very frankly, that, you know, my mom is not a senior producer at a network show or my father is not the president of CBS um, so it'll be a lot more difficult for me to sort of break in to, you know, the industry. Um, and it may take some time, but 
if you're serious about it and if it's what you want to do, you know, keep at it. Don't be discouraged. Don't lose hope. Keep your motivation and keep applying. Keep applying yourself. And so from that day, I just, my mindset totally changed. It was like a hustle, believe, receive moment. It's kind of like the sky opened up. I had more understanding of what my purpose was based on what I was actually up against. Because when you're 22, 23, you don't, you don't think that how, how the world is stacked up against you or how the environment or industries or things outside of you are stacked up. And so you begin to now see yourself in the world. And now I'm looking at myself as a black male in the world, you know, trying to break into, you know, mm-hmm. a very competitive industry. And so I had to sort of like put on an armor of skin, <laughs> like a thicker layer. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, and I, I kept on going. I, I refused to say, to take a no as an answer. And so I was so defiant that um, one of the opportunities, I went to a conference and I looked at all of the employers that were going to be, this is a, this is a tip for all those who are listening. I went to a conference, NABJ, National Association of Black Journalists, and I saw a list of uh, the employers that were going to be there. And so I started to look at the companies that I was interested in, and I started looking at their websites to see what jobs they had available. And then, so when I got there, I knew what I would ask for, I knew who I would want to speak to, and I knew what questions I would want to ask about any specific job. And so that's what happened. I ended up talking to one of the recruiters over at Fox, and I said, hey, look, I'm really interested. I know a lot of stuff you have to apply online, but I'm really just wanting to connect with somebody, somebody who would just give me an understanding of the role, what's it entail, you know, just a full picture. I just want to be able to connect with someone. And so she says, I know the exact person for you. Based on our conversation, it was really good. She put me in contact with this person, got back to New York, emailed her, came in on a Tuesday, interviewed on the Tuesday, got the call back on the same day when I got home wow. um, that I had the job at Good Day New York. So it's like it, it just goes wow. in such a, a speed, you know, when you – yeah, yeah. yeah. All the stars can align when it's right. You just need that one yes, and I took that one yes and I ran with it. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, I love that so much because I think – now, a lot of people are sitting around waiting for opportunities and just waiting and waiting and waiting. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in the fact that you have to put yourself out there. You have to hustle. Absolutely. You have to do like what you did, which was do the research first. Know what you're, um, you know, know the room you're walking into. Be ready. Be prepared. And I'm telling you, you could have had 50 no's before that, and it feels like, oh, my God, and I did. it's never going to happen, right? And it's I did. Happen. It's never going to change. And then I swear to God, you guys, your life can change in a day. People always think that sentence is in the negative, you know, because that's where we hear it most of the time. You're like, like, you could lose everything in a day or whatever. Guess what? Your life can change for the better in a day, too. It can happen that fast where it's like literally all the work that you've put in just cashes in, you know, in, in that day, in that moment, in that one introduction or in that one phone call. And um, it's such a powerful thing. And I think knowing that, that is one thing that always, you know, gets me back up if I've just been knocked down or if I've been disappointed or if I get frustrated. I'm like, hey, my one day <laughs> is right around the corner and there's no way I'm going to give up before I get it. You, you know, that's a, a great point that you, you led with, the, ter- the idea of possible is possible. So, like, when someone hears your story or someone hears my story, it's like, oh, well, I'm not Sarah Centrella. I don't, I don't live in Washington. I don't come from her background. Right. I, don't, I don't, you know, I don't have that expertise or what have you. But it's not to say that you require that for you. You know, there's some things that are aligned for any given person, right, that, that, they can utilize and harvest to put out into the marketplace, whether it's for a job opportunity to create or write a book or a new venture. And so it's really just spending that time to understand that if it's possible for someone, then it's possible for anyone. Um, And it may not happen in the same time or the same way, but ultimately what you're saying, and I think what your strong suit has always been for me and my inspiration from you is just knowing that, you are that one decision away, You're that one mm-hmm. choice away from really changing your life. Just one decision, like literally yep. making one choice today 
to do something different and then Absolutely. continuing on that path every day till you get what that Absolutely. is. And, and being aware enough to, you know, because of what a lot of people will do when they get those 50 no's, right, they'll say, oh, well, maybe TV just isn't for me or, you know, maybe I don't have what it takes or blah, 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 blah. And then they talk themselves out of their dream versus saying, hey, I'm, I'm one day away from a yes. I'm one day away from a yes. And for me, I, I went through the, the same thing, you know, trying to get an agent at first. took me three years to get an agent. Um, and then, you know, we had probably 30 no's with us, I believe, received before we got three offers. And those were from, you know, it was like down to the wire. We're like, okay, we're waiting to hear back from four publishers. <laughs> and if mm-hmm. you don't get that, you don't get anything. You know, and I was like, it's okay, one's coming, one's coming. You know, so I think so much of it is our commitment to our dream, number one. You know, if, if you're not committed to your dream, if you don't want it bad enough, you don't see how your life can change with it, then like, what's the point? <laughs> Go ahead and get out. Yeah. Because it's like, if, if no one's going to be more committed to it than you. Like, you've got to be the one that wants it the most, you know. So how did, how did vision come into play with you in your career? And your career is continuing to grow. You have exciting moves you're making now um how does how does like that vision come into play with that do you really think about um where you want to go and what you want to do and what that's going to be like um before it happens you know this is you're the like the the best person that i can talk to about this because you're like the vision queen you're the (laughs) the the vision board guru for me right and so The thing is, I struggle with it so much, Sarah, because I have never actually done a vision board. I don't know if if people will believe that, but I've never actually, like, physically done one. Um, And this is so interesting. I thought back to this moment that I really connected with, and I think you'll get it too. Um, Oprah was doing this um, press for, uh, what is it called, the movie she was in. Uh, It was... uh, no, the uh, Disney movie. Uh, what oh, can I think yeah, of it? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, Wrinkle in Time, Wrinkle in Time. Yeah, yeah. And um, she was asked something about, like, vision boards, and she said that she doesn't do them anymore, that she might not have ever done one. I'm not sure of that. But she hadn't done one, essentially, is what she said, because she, she does a lot mentally, and, right. um, you know, she does, like, a gratitude journal and things like that. So it's sort of like you know, allow her to not have to do that. But for me, I don't know. I'm very, like, internal. It's a hard thing for me to describe where I think about things and I'm hopeful about things, and then I I let it go. Like, I set it free, and I do the work to make those things happen. So, you know, like, for example, I have a – this is an overarching dream. I want to be the president of a university one day. And so to be the president of a college, you know, that's not – the goal for today, right? I think if I ultimately want to get there, I think of other things like, why don't I start teaching out of school at minimum, you know, or why don't I start, you know, getting more involved with my alumni association and just doing events with the college and, you know, doing charitable philanthropic opportunities and just really investing the time and building connections and understanding people and understanding how things work in order for me to think about that long-term goal. And so that's kind of how I've always done things. I just sort of like have a big vision, a big goal, and then I do a bunch of things that kind of are within that cloud. And then as things happen, it just everything aligns and it manifests to that overall goal. And then what's even more surprising is the twists and turns you get to go on um, based upon people seeing you differently or, you know, welcoming opportunities and, you know, how we even met, like just by having the, the idea that, Right. Hey, I just want to do things on camera, but like, who's going to give me a shot at that? Who's going to say yes? What I got to do? You know, so I just began doing video content. I started shooting things. I started working on segments that I just felt were interesting that was different from what someone assigned me to do. And so I kind of just always manifested my vision like that, just scaling it out in bits and pieces and, you know, being vulnerable enough to face the rejection or the criticism. Um, Because there's a lot to put yourself out there in the industry like this. 
Um, and I'm sure you can relate to that when you uh, write your books. And, you know, you put that out there, it's like you're a baby, and you don't know how it will be received. Um, but if you're vulnerable enough to say, hey, look, this is, this is something I'm, I'm serious about and I'm willing to do what it takes. So that's kind of always been my, my thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think there's, um, you know, the component to be able to see it in your mind is really really what I teach when it comes to, to visuals too, right? Because a lot of people don't do that or don't really know how to do that, I guess. Um, they do it automatically for things like, you know, if you're getting married, every bride on the planet has visualized her dress, has visualized what the wedding looks like, yada, yada. <laughs> Even people who've gone to college, they visualize maybe what it would be like to, like, graduate or whatever. So we do use this as a skill to, like, build a reality in our mind that hasn't happened yet, but it's something that we want. Um, we just kind of stop doing it when we hit our 30s. And, you know, then we, like, turn that whole part off, a lot of people do, and just all of a sudden life happens and 10 years goes by and you're kind of like, wow, I don't know what I want now. And so I think, like, you can be as effective at creating your next steps in your mind and kind of getting clear on that because uh, I do that for sure. I mean, that's kind of, I call it daydreaming. I've been doing it since I was a kid. It comes really naturally to me, but um, I know it doesn't for a lot of people. So I, I think, like, whatever, you know, medium works, go for it. You know what I mean? Like, do, do the thing that really gets you connected. And you also said something really important. You said, once I decide I want something or, you know, once I choose that goal or see that long-term um, dream or vision, then I back away from it and I kind of let it go. And that's key. <laughs> Oh, wait, can we just, can we, like, I want it now. <laughs> yes, can, can we just spend some time on that for a second? Because that goes back to what you had said a lot before, but, you know, when you speak about things over time, it sounds linear, you know, you don't really get the, the pain, right? So it brought me back right. to a lot of the rejection that I faced in the, my early 20s, you know, just job after job after job or rejection after rejection. It's, it's kind of hard to pick your face up and to face the world and to try this whole yeah. thing again. It's exhausting. And so I remember one day just waking up and saying, why am I in this? Like, I'm not in this because of the rejection. I'm in this because of the opportunity. So the only thing I have to do is just keep my face towards the opportunity. So I know what I want. I'm going to continue to apply myself. And when that thing opens up and there's a space for me, I'm going to fill in that space because I'm prepared for the moment. But in the meantime, i got to let this thing go. I don't want to wake up wanting something I don't already have. I don't want to have wishful thinking about something that's not already in my pocket or in my possession. I, I didn't want that feeling. I just like I had to let all of it go. So I would set a goal. I would be well-intentioned about the process and discipline myself to going through whatever it required, whether it's, you know, making a phone call or sending out emails or showing up to a networking event or going to a conference. Like, you know, you do all the things. But in the meantime, it's kind of like those things exist, but outside of that, you know, I'm going to make sure that I spend time listening to my favorite album and going to eat at my favorite restaurant or hang out with my friends or going to the movies, like filling up my cup with things that actually I have and, you know, that yeah. really shaped my, my capacity. And that's what, that's what I meant really when I say, like, I let it go. Like, I don't live in the space of – because I feel like um, somebody right. said it to me. They, they said, when you wake up wanting things that you don't have, it's a state of, a state of delusion. It's like – and right. I'm like, I don't want to be delusional. It brings in happiness if that's all you're focusing on, is all the things you don't have. Yeah, right. absolutely. So I love that combination. And you also said something very key. You said – I am preparing. So it's not like you just put this dream out there and then turned away from it and, you know, went the other direction, sat on your couch and whatever. You're still preparing. You're still doing those things. You're still doing your research. You're still, you know, moving in this space, but you're not spending every day stressing out about it. And that's really key because a lot of people do that. They're like, okay, Sarah, you know, taught me how to dream big and I have all these big dreams and now I'm super stressed out. Like, it has to happen. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Rewind it all the way back because that was the last 
thing we want. We don't want that energy. That energy is not going to manifest what you want. And so you kind of have to play this little bit of uh, yin and yang piece to it, you know, where where the vision excites you and you you want it because you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You see what you're working for, um, but you're not like beating yourself up if it doesn't happen tomorrow. You're not building anxiety around it. None of that stuff. You're doing the little things each day, which is really what I mean by hustle, those little things, because they add up. They add up, and you've talked a lot about opportunity, too, and I want to talk about that a little bit more because i got to be really honest. <laughs> I have probably the one huge pet peeve that I have that I have pretty much no tolerance for is people who make excuses because they missed an opportunity. Oh, hello. That, hello. Oh, my God. I cannot stand that. I have no tolerance at all. You know, and, and it happens all the time with, with stuff that I do. People are like, hey, you know, can I have your free recording five extra days? No, but you can't. It was there. <laughs> it was in your lap. If you didn't get it, that is not my problem. <laughs> you know, because here's the thing, because I – I don't operate like that, right? And and I know you don't either. So if you're a true hustler, if you're a true person who wants to change your life and make your your goals happen and your dreams happen, you see an opportunity five miles out, and you're like, my ass is on it, <laughs> right? Like my yes. ass is all over that shit. I am, you know, yes. there's no way I'm going to leave it to the last minute. There's no way I'm going to miss up, you know, mess up an opportunity. And so when you see people who are whining about their life and this, that, and the other thing, and then have the audacity to have excuses when opportunities pass them, I just shake my head and move on. I can't. I just can't. So talk to us about those opportunities and why it is so important to step into them when you see them, which, you know, you did initially with that very first, you know, first conference that you went to and had that conversation and really leaned into those opportunities. I hate to be one of those people that, you know, when you get older, you say, well, you know, the, the, the young folks, they need to do this and they need to do that. And I hate that it always becomes and sounds so generational. But I feel like those who are actually listening to the message will receive it in the way that they need to. And the ones that are just obviously are not really honed in on what they need to do won't. So I can't right, go into that. Right. So what I will say is that um, <clears throat> I think a lot of the, the, the generation, now, especially the younger students, and this is coming from someone who's managed an internship program over several years, over 300 students from various parts of the country, various parts of the world, <clears throat> and they're all very eager and hopeful and excited and, you know, engaged, you know, however they want to be. But the thing that I always find that there's a gap missing in terms of, like, expectancy. So it's like I am a graduate now. I have a degree. Where's the ATM? I need to plug this degree into it and get right. some rewards from it. Or yeah. it's like they graduate and they think that they go straight to the top. And it's like there's a lot of things in between. And one of the things that I learned for myself in terms of opportunities, you never quite know what you really want to do until you do it every day. And I spent a lot of time learning the craft and learning ins and outs and not being afraid to try new things. Like when I got to Good Day New York, I actually wanted to work on the show. And so as a, as a producer or production associate, something like that. And at the time, they liked me, and the HR person said, hey, we don't have that role just yet but you still work with the show, but you're just going to be in a different department. And I was like, well, what department is that? She said, oh, it's production and engineering. And I'm like, production and engineering, that does not sound sexy. That does not sound like anything that I heard <laughs> about in shiny. school. Shiny, you know, <laughs> because, th th I mean, that's what they market to students, right? They market the most successful alum, and usually those are industry captains, industry titans, people you see on television and magazines and things like that. So when I'm presented with a job, I'm like, well, that doesn't look like anything that I think would be attractive. And so I look, had to look at it, hey, this is an opportunity. This is all about preparation. You need a skill set. You need to understand how things work. Take the job. And I took it. And so I, I, I always tell people, like, 
be indispensable. There's nothing too big or too small that you can't do or you can't learn, especially in the beginning of any career path, right? Whether you're training to be an athlete, whether you're training to be, you know, something like a lawyer, a doctor, or a teacher, like you got to get in the game and you got to get in, get in it any way that you can so that you can learn as much as you can and grow as much as you can. And so for me, any opportunities where people kind of shun away from things is like, oh, no, that's, that's for other people. And it very well could be. But my thing is don't pass up an opportunity that you can learn from that can actually help impact you and, and you don't know. So if you're starting out something, then, you know, I think you should really explore what's out there because you haven't done it every day. And so for me, it's like that preparation of just being able to navigate and to open yourself up and have an open mind to being willing to just try things because it's like you're not going to really know if you like it or not. And i tell you this, there's a lot of roles and a lot of jobs that I've done over my career that I didn't necessarily like. But when I got out of it or I got through it, there were some things in it that I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know about this or I wasn't aware about this or I like this. So, I mean, it's, it's so game changing when you just give it a try. Absolutely. And, and you also never know how it's preparing you for your next opportunity. Mm-hmm. Or for your ultimate opportunity. You know what I mean? It might have been the exact thing you needed to learn that you didn't know you needed to learn. And so it, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I always feel like if the opportunity is presented to me and I see it as such, then there's a reason. You know, there's a reason that it's in my path. And there's a reason that I need that as part of my education, as part of my whole package, right, that, that gets me to the next step that I need to be at. Um, and so, yes, guys, I'm telling you, <laughs> it, it takes a little <laughs> courage to, to, to act on them sometimes, right? Um, no, it does. It, it takes <clears throat> courage, and then it also takes the ability, like you said, to be flexible to the point where, you know, a lot of times, like you said, people would be – like, hey, that isn't in my lane or whatever. And sometimes we do need to be flexible because who knows where that one is going to take you. That one might be the thing that introduced you to the person that's going to help your dream come true or, or whatnot. Um, it's so just, true, Sarah. You know, we don't know. Yeah, we don't it's know what so true. has kind of lined up for us. Any successful person that you can look at on a Forbes list at the top of any industry if you actually look at their career paths and the things that they did and the things that they were really not successful at, all of those things were in totality what got them to where they are. So without any of those failures or twists or turns, they wouldn't have been able to get to where they are today or to achieve the success that they had in any scope had they not done anything to get to that point. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are some of the things, do you have um, any practices um, that you do that kind of help you stay in, I know you're a positive person, I I think by nature, I've I've never seen you not (laughs) not be that way, it just kind of is is in your aura, Um, but are there still, still things that you do or practices that you do to help you kind of stay in that zone? Um, being positive, being forward-looking. That's true. This is going to sound bad. I One of the things that I, I have to always account for is isolation. Like I require a lot of alone time with myself just to be away from noise, just to be, be able to sit down and just think. Like that is such a premium. I think many people have been able to identify with this because of the pandemic I mean, we've never had this much time to ourselves. Well, most of us, I'm sure that there are a lot of frontline workers and um, first responders that might not have that same benefit. But for the most, by and large, a lot of people had a lot of time at home. And I can guarantee you, if you ask any of them, like, they don't miss those stressful commutes to getting into the work or going to the office. They don't miss having to run around to get the kids from soccer practice to dry cleaners and, you know, all the things that you do on a daily right. basis that, that kind of distract you from just your own inner peace. And so That's for me, my, yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> for me, the, this, the peace part, like I have to have some peace and peace and quiet 
uh, time to just like read a book. And I mean, people like reading a book is one thing, but like, you know, listening to music, taking a bath, you know, right. cooking your favorite meal, like trying out a new recipe, anything that kind of fills that, that cup up is what I do. And it's, it has nothing to do with anything that I'm, that's aspirational, right? Like one thing that I did over the summer that was really incredible for me is that I wanted to ride a bike and I haven't rode a bike in so many years. And I just was like, why not? Like I have this time, let me do it. And I just loved it. I would look forward to riding my bike yes. and that was, it, br it brought me so much joy. It's joy, right? Isn't it so funny? <clears throat> like, yeah. When the kids and I go on a trip, we'll, we'll rent like cruisers. We just did when we went to LA and we just, we just cruised and we go on like a four or five mile cruise, right? I'm like, this is pure joy. This is like, joy I love how you travel by the my, way. My efforts, you know, doing it better than that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I love uh, your travel too. I think you and I have that in common where that's kind of yeah. like our ultimate cup filler. Yes, and I love traveling. And one of the things that I, I love to say when people say, oh, are you traveling for work? And I'm like, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because so many people get so off. They get, yeah. they get off by saying, oh, yeah, I travel for work. It's like, no, no, no. I don't travel for work. I don't travel for education. I don't travel. I travel for myself because I want to go to a place. Yeah. I want to enjoy myself. That's it. Um, and I, I am really thrilled by that, having been around the world just on the strength of that. I've had a lot of friends that, of course, they travel for work, and I've traveled for work too. But, you know, that, that's not a highlight of my life, like being able to go someplace and just do the things I want to do. I mean, I backpack Europe, had no plan, spoke no other language, went by myself you know, 10 days across the, from Germany to France and back again. And I, oh, I, I, love I, I, I loved it. I got lost. <laughs> um, love it was it. like it's an, it was like an adventure. So that, that's yeah, sort of really what I do. You, you know yourself, I feel like, you know, I feel like that's how you get to know yourself. That's how you challenge yourself. Cause you know, when you get lost in a foreign country and no one speaks your language, you're challenged. <laughs> You're, yes. you're put to a new task, you know, even simple things like navigating a foreign airport, driving in a foreign country. So I think, like, all of that stuff, and that's why I'm Sarah. really passionate about taking my kids. I'm like, man, I want them to know how to do all this stuff and not be scared of it, you know? Sarah, I spent about an hour, at least an hour, trying to get out of the Frankfurt airport. I was like, <laughs> how, where's, where do I go? The signs weren't conspicuous enough for right? me. I'm just like... I asked one person, they, you know, they don't really speak English well, and the, the, the German language is very harsh, so it's borderline, are they yelling at me? I don't really understand, right. so I'm like, it, it, was a, it was a mess. So, yeah, That's getting okay. lost in the airport. in Paris two years ago when I was in Paris, uh, never been to France before, and I, I walked out the wrong exit. I think I was supposed to go through customs or something. Totally didn't go through customs. I just walked out of the airport. And then all of a sudden I'm in Paris and I'm like, wait a second, I don't have a stamp that says I'm here. Well, they let me out of this country. <laughs> so, you oh know, my God. You learn, <laughs> you know, but that's what I love about it. It's like being, um, being able to kind of take some of those, those risks and those challenges and, and push yourself. I think if, if I wasn't doing that and I look back at, you know, taking my kids to Italy and I'm like, well, I was a little crazy because that was, that was nuts. I mean, my girls are nine years old. I'm a woman who's never been to Europe. Don't speak the language. What the fuck am I doing? But it's the highlight of my life. It'll always be, you know, the three most special weeks of my life. Um, so get out there and live. Do the things that, that you love. And I absolutely love, Cameron, how you're mentioning the small things, too, because one of the things that I teach, so when you, when you build a, a future board, an official future board, I require, yes, require, I require that you um, put an equal category in there called passions and joys. And this is the one that everyone is like, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> what is that? You know? What does it have to do with my wedding? Exactly. I'm like, dude, this is what life is about. So you have to learn how to get happiness from cooking a meal or get happiness from whatever, from the small things, and learn how to make that a priority in your life in order for you to build 
a happy life. And it's just it's one of the things I think Americans don't, or especially before COVID, really didn't put any weight behind for the most part. Just thought, oh, that's the first thing to go. And I have to say that those of us who've been practicing HBR and and have found out what was our joy, because that's the first part. We, most people, women especially, had no idea. They were like, what? I don't have time for no passions and joys. Um, but, man, they were real happy they did, because then what are you doing? You're, you're like, perfecting that craft with all this extra time. You're really spending uh, time doing things that you love. It's, it's so, so important. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I love that you take that time and, um, and are okay with it. You know, like, no, nope, I don't important. have to validate it. I don't have to uh, <laughs> anything. So, so tell everybody what you're, uh, what you're working on now and, and where can people um, learn more about you? Oh, boy. Here we go. So, yes, I actually am looking to forward to starting a new chapter uh, with Disney ABC. Um, in October, I'll be starting as the manager and chief of staff for the president of ABC News. So I'll be working directly with the I president um, on all things going forward. So it's definitely an exciting time. I've, of course, been with the company for almost 10 years now. So I would say this is one of those, I would say, as you said to me, a pinch me moment because, Absolutely. you know, I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that this would have been an opportunity. Never would I have thought that, you know, I would be at this level, you know, being able to, you know, to work at this, this capacity. And what's more interesting too, is that last year, this same time I had two opportunities on the table that I was uh, deciding between. And one of them was in Los Angeles and one of them was in New York but I was really gung-ho about the opportunity in Los Angeles, so I sort of put all my buckets into that to hope that would manifest. And so I said no to the one in New York, and then that went bye-bye. And then I was going through the process with the one in L.A., and then long story short, it didn't work out. Um, and I went from having two offers to consider to just having nothing on the table. And I'm just like, wait, how am I now here? And so I said, in there. trust the process. Mm -hmm. And, yes, you know, and so, you know, this past, this past year, I ended up finishing my master's in December 2019. And I, um, I had gone sober, um, never had any issues with alcohol, but I just wanted to really have clarity and sense yeah, of judgment yeah. and a free mind going into the new year. And 2020 was a bang of a year so far. And um, I just was recharged and energized, just exploring opportunities. And then, you know, subsequently graduation was in May, but, you know, COVID had another, you know, answer to that. And so I've just been quarantining and just figuring out next steps and then out of the sky through networking and things like that, this opportunity presented itself. And, you know, I, I jumped at it because I recognized, you know, what my yep. skill set was and what I can bring to this opportunity and more so what I can learn from it. And I, um, my wildest dream came true. I mean, it's been going on since about June. And so now um, the news is going to be broke uh, next week. So I'm excited um, to be starting. So amazing. That is so, so amazing. Thrilled. And, you know, you know what a great education that will be in preparation for, too, when you're the president, right? <laughs> the university. That's, you're going to get all the behind-the-scenes, all of that stuff. So it's, what a great, great um, opportunity on all fronts. So exciting for you. No one deserves it more than you. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, Sarah. Thank you so much. Oh, I love this conversation, as I knew I would. Um, you guys definitely uh, go check out Cameron, and thank you for inspiring me. Thank you for giving me a moment that I will remember for the rest of my life. It's such a special moment, and I can't wait for us to have, you know, a smoothie together soon. <laughs> yes, well, we, we need to have a, a toast. And um, to plug one yes. other thing um, that, that makes sense with what I just announced, 
I did um, a master class with uh, Marion E. Brooks, part of the um, creative curriculum through the Creative Collective NYC. That was a mouthful. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the topics that we actually discussed was how to land a job in a competitive uh, market. So if my story is anything, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that is that. Is that. So if anybody's interested, they should definitely check out the uh, Creative Collective and um, get a ticket. Um, it's going until October 19th, so be sure to check that out um, through the Creative Collective NYC. That's awesome. That's awesome. And the, the last thing I want to just say is, like, the way this opportunity manifested for you is so in line with how I've seen manifestation work in general. There's a lot of times where I've been in that very kind of same position where it feels like two big, amazing roads are are opening up for us. Yes, this is our time. Everything's come through. And then maybe they don't pan out the way that we want them to do, kind of like uh, yours did last year. Um, And there's always, you know, disappointment with that and things like that. But if I didn't know what I know now, which is that, the universe is always conspiring for me. It's always putting the puzzle pieces together in the background. So when that opportunity doesn't work out, I have, I have faith in the process. Like you said, you trust the process because I know for a fact that the thing that really is for me is right around the corner. And that's why, you know, the one in front of my face hasn't worked out yet. And so guys, if you, you're in those positions, and I know we've all been there at some point, that's the moment where you breathe through it. <laughs> you breathe through it. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I can't maybe see why this is happening. It's frustrating. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Maybe even have a, a pity party. I've had those, you know, it, on those days when you're like, why isn't this working out? But then breathe through it because I promise you that great thing is right around the corner. It's the thing that is so meant for you, um, and I'm so glad yours, yours has come. I can't wait to hear how that continues to unfold for you. So I couldn't have said it better. Thank you so much for sharing your light with us. Um, I adore you. And listeners, let us know what your thoughts are uh, on the episode. We'd love to hear from you. Share it. Pass it on. Leave a review. And until next time, everybody, hustle and drive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.